Welcome to the Irish Tech News Podcast, presented by the tech doctor, Ronan Leonard. Welcome to today's Irish Tech News Podcast. Today I'm talking with Chris Heineken, the CEO of Atrium. How are you doing, Chris? I'm good, Ronan. Nice to be here. Thanks. Tell me a bit about what Atrium does and how it started. Uh, so we are a consulting partner focused in the artificial intelligence machine learning space, and we specialize on uh, the Salesforce platform. And um, Atrium, we are um, a consulting group that uh, has a deep history in working in the front office or CRM marketplace over the last several years. And um, we've kind of watched the evolution of IT systems infrastructure over the course of the last couple decades move from things like systems of record, yeah. right, where you've got big enterprise package software like SAP, PeopleSoft, Oracle, Siebel. Yeah. All of those get uh, replaced, if you will, by some of the, the, the cloud um, players like Salesforce and Workday. And the genesis behind Atrium is we think that there's just a phenomenal opportunity over the next several years to help companies with the uh, their, their pathway or their journey with converging machine learning, artificial intelligence with enterprise systems and cloud. That's a little bit about who we are. And how long have you guys worked with Salesforce? Uh, so the business has been up and running for just over a year and a half. And from day one, we were a Salesforce partner and had a lot of, a lot of momentum with them. Um, it's a it's a white hot space, and so last year we entered their program as a, a registered partner. We were one of seven hundred, mm-hmm. and uh, so they have a lot of partners in their ecosystem. And uh, fortunately, things came together really well for us. We had a great first year, and we've been elevated to one of their top partners, gold partner status. So uh, we've been working with them pretty intensely ever since we started the company. And how do you get to be so quickly rise up in the onto uh, their gold status? How did that happen? Um, a lot of the coaching that you get, especially in the consulting world, is it's all about your specialization, right? You yeah. need to have a, a real pointed expertise and something that's new. Um, there are a lot of firms out there that uh, really struggle with what is their differentiation. I think we benefit from having a very specific focus around where the worlds of machine learning, predictive analytics come together in what is a very vibrant uh, ecosystem that, that Salesforce uh, finds itself in. I guess right now, you're lucky you're in the right time when the AI and machine learning is so cheap to implement. Yeah, the, so it's interesting to watch um, how companies are doing with artificial intelligence. Many of the companies that we're working with um, I would say their, their first reaction is one of intimidation. Yeah. A lot of them don't know where to get started. They don't know what's possible. And a lot of what we do is um, help coach them on figure out, figuring out, like, how do they take their first steps? So when you, you brought up a great concept there around the cost of entry, and the cost of entry is definitely coming down. But uh, what companies need to realize is the way that they think about these types of programs, yeah. success around them. It needs to be a little bit different than traditional software development that we've seen in past years. Because I remember you were talking earlier, you said about uh, how you're, you're helping to replace people like uh, 
Oracle, etc., who are all old, old, old school, because now SaaS is a big thing, AI machine learning is now moving to a SaaS model. It's cheaper to work. 20 years ago, you couldn't afford to do it unless you're a really, really big company, blue company. You couldn't afford it. That's right. That's right. Um, and technology is emerging like uh, Salesforce's technology. It's, it's outstanding because what it does is it blends together not only the, the machine learning platforms themselves, but a lot of the challenge over the last years is it's not been about can you create a really good predictive model in an area. It's how do you take that and put it in front of uh, a user that can you basically take those insights and build that into the workflow of their day. Yeah. And one of the beautiful things that Salesforce and some of these other applications have is what we call kind of the final mile, which they can take the machine learning platform, the insights, and then surface it into the workflow of the business in a highly repeatable way. I guess it's like a drag and drop, more or less. Um, it certainly helps reduce some of the code required. Yeah. There's there's still a lot of nuts and bolts understanding around statistics and math principles. How do you weave that together yeah. with process expertise? Um, so uh, it's it's definitely become easier. Costs have come down, um, but not trivial by any by any means. Some industry. Analysts say that uh, for predictive models, which is where we spend a lot of time, our, our customers are trying to figure out not only like what happened in the rearview mirror, but what's going to happen yep. and apply statistics to that. Um, predictive models, historically, they're only, they're only in production 10 to 30% of the time. Yep. So there's a lot of ideas, a lot of models that get built that never see the light of day. And I guess your idea is that you want to make sure that the models can be used in some way or another elsewhere. Yeah, so, I mean, our, our point of view is if that's putting in place these predictive models, if you do it right, it can really change the game for companies. So if you think about it, the types of problems that we're, we're focusing on are ones of productivity, um, ones where, you know, where should our customers' sales forces be spending their time up until now things uh when you when you get you know a barrage of inbound leads the, the kind of status quo in the industry is people kind of pursue stuff based on gut feel mm -hmm. and if you can help large sales forces become more pro more productive through predictions on where should they be spending their time what are the best leads you can see massive returns on that and so that's that's a big part of kind of the trends and the interest levels that we're seeing from our customers. And I guess as well, if somebody developed an optimal model, you know, in fact, that model is going to be used because it's developed properly. Yeah, it's uh, it's got to be um, the the tension, the natural tension out there is you, you hit you nailed it as far as it's got to be developed properly. It's got to balance accuracy. Um, transparency so people understand how it's coming to its outputs. Um, it's got to be put in a context that means something to a business stakeholder yeah. and not just a science experiment. So you kind of have to balance all of those things for you to have success in, in the area of the predictive models. Yeah, and I guess within 10 years' time, it looks so much easier than it does now. Uh, I think it, in 10 years' time, companies are going to get a lot smarter as far as like one of the gating factors for a lot of companies is they feel like they don't have the, the data architectures in place 
to be able to really train machine learning models. Yeah. And I think companies are going to get a lot more savvy as far as what type of data are they collecting so they put themselves in a way better position um, to capitalize on some of this technology. So 10 years from now, the data sets will be in a place where people can really move quickly. Because I know, uh, for example, one, one of our lines in Ireland, Ryanair, they're saying every time a, a passenger flies in the plane, they bring them a thing as a petabyte word of, or word of data. And how do, they, how do they monetize that and use it properly? Would your That's system right. in the long term you'll be able to just brush through that and just pick what's needed and dump the rest? I think um, that, you know, the, the industry is going to be moving more towards, like a lot, of, a lot of the software development cycles over the past have been anything but data-centric. Yeah. So if you think about the past, uh, when, you, when you've been plugging in enterprise systems or Salesforce, it's kind of like, I'm going to go replace a system, I'm going to go try to fix my process, make it a little bit incrementally better, um, and then the output of that is data and analytics. That's kind of the sequencing. Yeah. What, what we're going to watch over the next 10 years is the exact opposite, which is I'm going to use my starting point as what data do I have? What question do I want to answer? And based on that, how do I want to back into the infrastructure that needs to support those answers and those questions? Yeah. And I think that orientation, people changing their mindset around how they approach these programs is going to make a big difference. Yeah, and I guess in the long term, you're going to see uh, a, a, an office computer been used back as a dumb terminal again. It's going to have all data on there, and it plugs in somewhere else to analyze it. Yeah, so, I mean, that is kind of the premise of cloud, right? Yeah. So um, becoming cloud is becoming just more and more pervasive. At, at, uh, at Atrium, we, uh, you know, there are a lot of businesses, small businesses like us that, you know, don't own any server infrastructure. We are 100% cloud-based as far as the systems that we use. It's been a tremendous advantage as we've ramped up our team to be able to not have to worry about the infrastructure. And also means that you can scale up pretty quickly as well, and you're not too too worried about about uh, security breaches as well, because you, your your servers used are based somewhere else, not on site. Absolutely, yeah. We've been able to. It's uh, very scalable. Um, amazing how it's amazing how quick you can get some very robust capabilities built in a small business yeah. around the cloud infrastructure that's in place. And also means basically if you're, you have to travel around the world or, or move office, you don't spend time having to unplug all your cables and computers. You just drag and drop and wherever you go now, your computer's there, you can, you can log in and you're good to go. That's a great example. We just stood up, uh, we just stood up two offices. So we are our, our centers of gravity for where our people are located. We have an office in Jaipur, India, just outside of Delhi, yeah. as well as um, there's a town in the U.S. called Bozeman, Montana. And we set up offices in, in both places, and it speaks to your point. Relatively simple exercise, right? It's just office furniture, and you, you plug in and you go. Because in my last job, when I used to work in a company, in about 10 years, we moved office twice, and both times it involved reset up and reset up our network and plugging everything in, all the wiring, cabling, and it was a pain in the ass. Whereas now, you can just right. drag, just, I mean, you used to use a lot of dumb terminals into our, uh, use them as computers, plug into our main system. But now, all you need is a laptop and you're good to go. And even now you can use like a, something like ring.com as, as for your phone. You don't have to worry about phone cables anymore or phone lines. That's right. It's a beautiful thing. Yeah. And, and like to your point, that's going to that's gonna also, 
lend itself to the machine learning world, right? So yeah. cloud, as it relates to all the infrastructure that's out there to support artificial intelligence, whether it's Amazon, Microsoft, Salesforce, some of these cloud providers make it a lot easier for companies to, to get into the market. And also, as you're cloud-based, it doesn't matter what computer you use because it's all in the cloud. So you can use a Mac or a PC or Linux, whatever right. you're using, yeah. Yeah. Which is handy. And also, for, for your customers, the exact same. They don't have to worry about having a certain OS because certain companies might say you can't use that, that product because we, we're not sure about security is. Where do you, you guys, you say, look, whatever OS you have, good, it's fine by us. doesn't matter. Yeah. When we're working with our clients, we spend very little time typically on mapping out like operating systems, software requirements. It's generally um, you're off and running from day one. Yeah, well, as long as your machine you have isn't 10 years old, you're okay. Because a 10-year-old yeah. computer won't be able to process what you're doing. But if you go one that's fairly modern, and it's got an, enough RAM in it, you should be good to go. shouldn't be an issue. That's right. That's right. And also, I guess, they've got to make sure they've got a, the broadband in the area that they can handle it. Because there's parts of America and parts of Ireland where broadband doesn't exist. That is the gaining factor, for yeah. sure. you got to have good, good connectivity. The, the beautiful thing is the way we work these days... Um, I do most of most of my work on a video call like this. So yeah. as long as you can get good access to bandwidth, like you said, it kind of doesn't matter where you are. Yeah, because for me, I'm lucky that I, I get about three and three megabytes uh, broadband speed on my on my uh, home broadband, which is pretty good, and that's more than I need. But I mean, I know guys who are lucky to get three or four megabytes in Ireland if they're lucky. Yeah, and that to me isn't yeah. good enough. And I know one person was told once to get good broadband, have lunch at McDonald's when you get free broadband there. Yes, and that's you gotta, you gotta know your hot spots. Yeah, and I know that parts of America that are middle of nowhere, where actually just you won't get any broadband at all, and, you, and you're lucky if you can even get a mobile phone signal. So, yeah, I would say that's uh, fewer and far between, yeah. but certainly true these days. Um, I haven't found that to be a barrier working through most of the major metro areas of yeah. the U.S., but certainly something that can be a factor. Yeah, for us, we're slowly bringing in. We're bringing in Ireland now. I need a plan for broadband where everyone in the country will get broadband in the end. And if you three, four years before, it's finalized, but we're, we're, we realize there's parts of the country where we can't get it. And if you're a business, you need it. Even if you're like, for example, if you're on a, on a SaaS-based system and maybe you're using an EPOS system for when people buy stuff, you, your terminal is linked, to, is linked uh, to, the, to the cloud. If you can't get access to that, you're screwed. Yeah, that's true. That's true. And what are your future plans with Salesforce? So our future plans with Salesforce, I mean, they've got a very exciting roadmap. Um, if uh, one, one big announcement uh, from, uh, gosh, two weeks ago now, they, they made their largest acquisition ever, right? Mm -hmm. They just bought the one of the number one BI players in the market, uh, Tableau. Yeah. And so that's a space that is squarely in our focus area. And so we're very excited about how Salesforce is investing in their platform, not only just <clears throat> in some of their more um, traditional product lines like Service Cloud, Sales Cloud, but also new acquisitions like Tableau, new platforms like Einstein. Um, so our plan in the future <clears throat> is to continue to invest heavily with them, yeah. um, as well as focus in specific verticals where we're seeing a lot of interest. And right now, um, the, the combination, if you can kind of combine the, 
understanding of a business problem in the context of an industry vertical, yeah. that's a very powerful thing. And so we spend a lot of time in the financial services, life sciences, and, and higher ed spaces. So we'll continue to invest with Salesforce in each of those verticals as well as, as they expand their footprint um, with their technology infrastructure. We're going to be investing in those areas as well. Yeah, and I guess also you looked at seeing how Einstein evolves. Yeah, and Einstein has evolved. It's um, you know picked up many new features. Not only just so if you think about Einstein, it's it's their analytics and dashboarding. It's a machine learning platform which is referred to as Discovery. Um, they've introduced new capabilities called Prediction Builder, and then they have APIs that are also uh, fairly robust around natural language processing, um, image classification and recognition. So it's it's a fairly robust platform that they're building out. Um, and we're we're excited about their vision with that. And I guess what, what you're looking at in the long term is that evolves, you can actually adapt and move with it. So anytime they've, they've got a new version that's beta, you're there in advance ready for the beta, and when it's publicly launched, you're fully linked in with it. Yeah, so we spend a lot of time with um, they're a great partner in the sense of um, we spend a lot of time with their product teams um, in a, in a bi-directional format, providing them feedback, hearing where their roadmaps are going. So typically anything that is going to be introduced in beta, uh, we've been fully advised on kind of where their intent is. And then, yeah, frankly, they take a lot of feedback from us. We have a decent uh, sample set of what we're seeing in the market and what customers want. So. Many times we can represent the voice of the customer as far as where the product direction should be going. And so we'll, that relationship has been one where we stay very close to the product teams and it uh, benefits us, it benefits Salesforce, it benefits the customer base. Yeah, because I guess they're looking at, it's no point they're developing a product unless they get feedback from you guys who frighten the uh, nuts and bolts the customers need. So by knowing how your system is going to work and works for the moment, they can then make sure that it works perfectly all around. Yeah, that's right. So you know, they um, it's 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 important that um, as these solutions are being brought together, you take multiple vantage points on what it's gonna what's gonna be the recipe for success, right? And no one party, frankly, has all of the use cases figured out. So being able to work across you know a, a diverse set of customer requirements, have a partner engage with helping to interpret what those are. And then working with the product teams, that's kind of how you build your best solution. Yeah. I think that's the podcast. Oh, uh, thank you. It's been great getting to know you. Thank you for the time. And hopefully there's a suitable installment for the podcast. Yeah, it is. And, uh, and where, where can we find you guys online? What's your uh, website address? Um, we are at atrium.ai. Okay. And you, your, your product is sold worldwide. So in Ireland, you can get it as well. Well, so we're cons our consulting service is an, is an area that uh, we provide worldwide coverage. Yeah. Um, we're headquartered out of the U.S., but certainly help global companies. And uh, so check us out on atrium.ai. And uh, if you're interested, there's a place where you can reach out and connect with us. We'll be happy to chat some more. All right. Thanks, Mike. Have a great day and uh, take care. Thank you, Ronan. Thanks, Mike.